Section three of the New York Gardener. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ellen O'Neill. The New York Gardener by P. Agricola. Section three. March. My dear son, whenever I find anything better calculated for your instruction than I can write myself, I shall not fail to lay it before you. Of this kind is the following extract from the Ploughboy, number 38, volume 2. As the spring will now soon open and call us to commence making provision for another winter, it may not be amiss to invite the attention of the Ploughboys especially to a subject of importance, both in a useful and economical sense. I mean the cultivation of a kitchen garden. There is no need of inviting the attention of such as cultivate a garden, either for ornament or profit. Their pleasure or their gain will not permit them to be negligent but the great mass of citizens do certainly deprive themselves of much convenience saving and perhaps health by not possessing a liberal supply of vegetables from their own gardens to a farmer or mechanic in the country the expense of cultivation is trifling the convenience and saving especially during the long winters of our climate are great many persons sensible of the utility are often dissuaded from constant attempts in cultivating a kitchen garden because they have experienced some failures in particular plants but there will never be a failure of vegetables enough for a family's use if the following requisites be well regarded richness of soil due care in the selection of seeds proper cultivation and a sufficient variety of vegetables that if one kind fails another may be a substitute it is a general complaint among persons who pay only little attention to their garden that the seed often fail this usually happens because due care is not taken in discriminating between ripe and unripe seed between blighted and sound seed or in some cases it happens by using old seed instead of fresh onion seed is often useless after the first year and parsnip seed is so delicate that i believe we can place no confidence in its vegetating principle after having been kept a year having generally purchased these more delicate seeds annually of professed seedsmen i have rarely failed in any planting the expense is indeed something but is overbalanced by the certainty of a growth but our gardens do not generally present variety enough to be profitable and convenient to the owner throughout the whole year even if all the planting succeeds there is frequently no provision for the winter and many a long month when the vegetable kingdom is locked in frost is passed with no variety on our tables to excite the languid appetite or satisfy that which is pleased with rotation but surely it is as easy to store our cellars with the beet the carrot the onion the parsnip and vegetable oyster as with the dull monotony of the potato and however nutritious the potato may be still its utility cannot be hostile to the claims of other productions of the garden we do not invite the ploughboy from the utility of his farm to the pleasures of a garden we do not wish him to sacrifice his grain fields to the culture of a tulip bed but we wish to call his attention to the utility convenience and economy that can be found in the cultivation of a substantial kitchen garden from which his healthful family can draw many of those really innocent luxuries which a bountiful providence has with so lavish a hand spread around him these remarks well deserve your attention let them be impressed upon the tablets of your memory and form your horticultural textbook before the end of this month your enclosures should be completed have you brought home the materials if your fence is to be made of wood now make ready the posts they should be large if you wish them to stand firm and durable they must be seven feet long and place two feet into the earth if they are set only ten feet apart the girts or rails may be an inch and a half thick and if they are well framed into the posts will make a strong enclosure the lowermost girt must be placed sixteen inches from the surface of the ground and a bank should be thrown up upon each side to fill the space or if you have stone upon the farm make a wall three feet high let the foundation be laid six inches below the surface and in the centre of this wall put small posts into which the girts must be framed 
the posts for a fence of this sort should be five and a half feet long and sawed an inch and a half thick six inches wide at the foot and four at the top about a foot and a half from the bottom make a two inch hole which should be filled with a piece of good timber two feet long this will greatly strengthen the position of the posts without weakening the wall above the wall two girts the one eight and the other six inches wide will be amply sufficient take care that your wall is laid with art and that the timber is well fitted to it and i will ensure safety to whatever you may plant in the garden or if you fear depredation from hens let the girts be perforated with inch holes and place in them turned pickets two feet long you will need two gates one of ten feet wide to admit the cart and another of three feet for daily use this should turn with ease and must be effectually secured by a weight or you will be liable to much vexation and loss from carelessness your fence finished select a proper place for the small kind of fruit shrubs as gooseberries currants and raspberries for although you admit no trees within this enclosure these useful shrubs must have a place they should not be planted around the fences and through the centre of the garden as is too commonly the practice but in a continued plantation that they may have suitable attention and yet not obstruct the plough gooseberries require a deep and rich soil the ground between the rows must be well manured and kept free from weeds and you should be careful to plant none but those that are of a good kind the best mode of propagating gooseberries is by cuttings or layers for cuttings take shoots of the last year's growth from shrubs that are known to bear choice fruit let them be at least ten inches long cut off all the buds except three or four at the tops and insert the stem six or eight inches into the earth tread the ground firmly around and keep them free from weeds when they have grown here a year or two they should be removed to the plantation as soon as the frost is out of the ground in the spring or in the autumn which is particularly for the gooseberry the best season currants may be propagated in the same way they are however more hardy and do not require so rich a soil they should be placed in rows six or eight feet apart and kept free from weeds between these rows you may raise a crop of dwarf or bush beans taking care that there are no runners or vines among them without the least injury to the shrub for several years there is great choice in currants as well as in other fruit select only the large red and white currant for no art will change the original nature of the fruit although by skilful cultivation the quality may be improved the gooseberry and the currant both claim the farmer's attention and are much wanted in every family they furnish a cheap and early sauce and the latter a wine equal to the best lisbon or tenerife as you will doubtless wish to plant other trees and be desirous to know the best season for that work i would observe as a general rule that all kinds of trees or shrubs should be moved or set in the spring as soon at least as the buds begin to swell the apple tree the cherry and plum will grow if set with art when the leaves begin to open but not with health and vigour the lombardy poplar will grow if set with care any time but even this hardy tree which is so very tenacious of life flourishes best when removed immediately after the frost is out of the ground no farm is complete without an orchard for this purpose select a good piece of ground as much defended from the northwest wind as possible let this be well summer fallow the year before the trees are set that the sward and weeds may rot and the soil by frequent and deep ploughing may become pulverized and invigorated apple trees should be planted forty feet apart each way and in exact rows that you may cultivate with care between them in the autumn before you intend to set your trees let circular holes be dug for every tree as large as a small wheel of a wagon but by no means of a greater depth than the natural good soil for if you make a deep hole into the clay bottom or unfriendly soil it will not do well although you may fill it with the best of earth for as soon as the tree pushes its roots beyond the latter they must come into contact with this unfriendly soil which will never fail to bring on a decay of the most healthy tree should the earth be so very shallow that you cannot cover the roots of sufficient depth with good soil you must draw some for that purpose and bank up the roots therewith or all your labour is in vain your trees will become sickly overrun with moss and full of canker in taking up the trees from the nursery let no pains be spared to preserve uninjured as many of the roots as possible 
prune off the broken and bruised parts and top the long and straggling roots do not let your desire to have bearing trees prompt you to choose larger trees than six feet from the surface to the spreading of the branches for those that are larger seldom thrive and are more liable to injury from wind every young tree that you take the pains to set should be clean smooth and fresh-looking and free from defects of any kind observe that they have been raised at proper distances and not drawn up weak and spindling that their heads are well formed and well furnished and that their stems are stout and proportionate to their head these are important items and such as you ought never to neglect or overlook besides these remarks which are applicable to the transplanting of all trees in every situation if the subsoil is hard and clayey the downright or taproot must be sawed off and then smoothed with a knife and as it is impossible to place the fibrous roots as they naturally grew it is generally best to cut a great part of them away or they are apt to mould and rotting create an incurable disease if the roots have been out of the ground more than one day it is advisable to place them in water a few hours before they are set observing to place them in such a manner that their heads may be erect and their roots only immersed with air in this will swell the dried vessels of the roots and prepare them to imbibe food from the earth in planting all the large kind of fruit trees as apples pears etc great attention should be paid to the nature of the soil and the situation as it respects the prevailing winds if the soil be cold and moist or if the substratum be rock or hard gravel the trees should be planted very shallow it would be much better to raise a hill of earth where each tree is to stand than to dig into the rock or gravel and fill it up with the best of ground for after a few years their roots will extend in the side of the holes and there being stopped and unable to perforate the rock or gravel they will decline and in a few years more will perish notwithstanding all the care you may bestow upon them but when they are raised above the surface of the ground their roots will extend and find nourishment though the earth upon the rock or gravel be not three inches thick as you may often notice when trees are thus placed having prepared the roots as above directed you must next prune the heads in such a manner as may be most serviceable in promoting the future growth of the trees as your trees are not intended for walls or espaliers but for standards in the open field you should prune off all the small branches close to the places where they are produced as also irregular branches which cross each other and all such limbs as have by any accident been broken or wounded but you should by no means cut off the main leading shoots as is by too many practised because those are necessary to attract the sap from the roots and thereby promote the growth of the tree for if these middle or leading branches are ever to be removed it should not be done until the next season when the roots have taken hold of the soil and the tree appears to flourish previous to planting make ready a strong stake for every tree let it be sharpened at the largest end then with an iron bar make a hole eight or ten inches deep a small distance from the centre of the place already prepared to set your tree here drive down or put in the stakes by the side of these stakes place your trees one person holding the stems upright while another casts in the earth let the tree be gently shook a little up and down that the mould may settle close about the small roots and let them be raised gradually up so that the top of the roots may not be more than three or four inches below the general surface even in the best of soils when the hole is filled tread it gently down first around the outside then near the stem of the tree forming the surface a little hollow that the rain may not run off then cover all with some inverted turf or mulch that the roots may be defended from summer heats droughts and parching winds then tie the tree to the top of the stake with some secure bandage first wrapping a cloth or some coarse tow about the stem to prevent injury from the stakes or from tying these precautions are all more necessary at this time than when our country was new then the neighbouring forests kept off the violence of the winds and the luxuriance of the soil caused the trees to flourish although little or no art was displayed in planting them around your young orchard a substantial fence must be erected which must be carefully kept up throughout the year no beasts of any kind must be permitted to graze in it they will bark the trees break down the limbs or loosen the roots in the earth 
when a defect in an old orchard is to be supplied it will be necessary to take away the earth where the old tree stood to a proper depth and to the extent of a circle of ten feet in diameter which fill with fresh earth previous to planting for it seldom happens without this management that young trees thrive when planted where old disordered ones stood some persons direct the placing of the same side of the tree to the south which before removing had that position as a material circumstance to be strictly regarded but from several trials which i have made i could not observe the least difference in the growth of those trees which were so placed and others which were reversed so that i can conclude it is not of any consequence to observe this method the vernal equinox passed and the reign of the lamb begun you may soon expect an invitation into the garden let us therefore take time by the forelock and have all things in readiness for that event and i hope you will not permit what some people call unlucky days or any phase or position of the moon to delay any necessary business throughout the season if the planets have any influence upon vegetation it is too remote and feeble for human calculation and your own observation if you had read nothing upon the subject would teach you that the moon changes every day alike and that in common language when we say the moon will change upon a certain day we mean no more than that at such a time the enlightened part of that planet will begin to appear or disappear to us we know astronomers can tell with the greatest accuracy the relative position of the heavenly bodies but they never were able to foretell the state of the weather nor has the most careful observer of the moon been able to predict when we should want or have a shower or describe the process of vegetation at any particular period and yet these persons assert that we can have no success without a due observance of the moon of the same nature were the occult sciences taught by ancient astrologers they maintained and unthinking men believed that animals as well as vegetables were influenced and controlled by the stars they divided the body into twelve parts and over each made one of the constellations of the zodiac preside and it is still thought by many extremely hazardous to perform any surgical operation however trifling while the sign or ruling power is operating upon the part affected in conformity with this opinion our almanac makers always preface their calendar with a naked figure of the human body marked with references showing their successive influence although these absurdities are wearing away from the minds of reflecting men they still prevail and influence thousands insomuch that i fancy no prudent bookseller would risk the publishing of an almanac without this appendage i would not press the subject so much upon your attention but here an error in principle may and often does lead to much error in practice the gardener will have no success who does not commit his seed to the earth in the proper season when his land is sufficiently warm and dry and the necessary tillage performed he must plant without consulting the moon or stars the neglect of a single day or hour may blast all his prospects and in the autumn he may be unable to account for the failure there are perhaps few countries where the right seed time is so short as in ours europeans who have travelled among us say that we have only two seasons the winter and summer and it is certainly true that the intermediate space between severe frost and rapid vegetation is usually not many days hence it is a matter of great importance that we should understand and carefully attend to the suitable time for seeding our land for no subsequent care can atone for an error in this particular upon this and every other subject think for yourself bring every doubtful opinion to the test of experiment i am etc p agricola end of section three read by ellen o'neill from cambridge england